is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham, Justin Trees. Coming back for another episode of Talking Football. It's been a couple weeks. We're sorry, all right? Last week, Trees was celebrating uh, a huge achievement with his family, and I was dealing with allergies. You know, I made it through this entire COVID process, and I swear allergies were like, hey, don't forget about us. And they gave me one swift kick into the ass, recorded an episode last week, ended up sounding like Squidward, decided not to post it. But there's plenty of information for us to dive into. Last week was kind of a dead week, but then it was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday rolls around. 49ers got a little bored. They said, let's mix it up a bit. They trade from 12 to 3. The Dolphins go, you know what? We don't like being here outside of the top 10. We're going to trade back in. So they do that with the Eagles. And now there's just question marks of what happens at pick number four. Does the draft start at pick two or does it now start at pick three? There are some pro days that have been taking place. Rumors are all over the place. We're going to dive into it. Who are the 49ers taking at three? We don't know, but we're going to talk about it. And then we're going to have a round one mock draft with trades. Trees and I just finished doing it, but we're going to dive into it. Mr. Justin Trees, it's been a couple minutes. It's been a couple weeks. How is you doing? We back. Uh, I'm happy we to be back. behind the mic. That, that's for sure. I'm happy to be back. Uh, been itching to get on the mic with you. So super excited to, you know, have this episode. Excited to have this mock draft here. Um, we are less than a month away from the Trevor Lawrence era beginning in Jacksonville, the Zach Wilson era beginning in New York. And uh, I mean, exciting times. So um, like you said, yeah, a lot of go- a lot of things going on. A- huge trades here there's some contracts extensions tyler lockett just got extended for over 17 million dollars a year i mean good for him well deserved well deserved i'm sure that russell wilson's probably like great love the guy but i also still want an offensive line so how is this going to work out because we are already in a cap situation how are we going to make this work because i know next year it's going to probably be you coming to me asking to take either a pay cut or restructure my deal um and all of this because i want an offensive line so anyways it's going to be exciting times um really though like that's kind of it that's where we're at falcons let's, let's kind of dive into this so we'll do like what we think in our our draft um but like really so there's never been a draft that has gone quarterback the first four picks in a draft um, ever. And a lot of people are thinking, do they go with that fourth quarterback? Whoever the case may be that doesn't go at three, they go four. Um, and then they just sit behind Matt Ryan for a little bit. Cause like they, they're stuck with Matt Ryan for two years. We've, we've gone over this multiple mm-hmm. times. So that's going to be an interesting play out. Let's see how that happens. I personally don't think they go that route. Um, I think that they also probably like, man, somebody's going to want to trade up for whoever it doesn't go. And they're probably going to get a King's ransom kind of like what I think the dolphins got. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll see what, we'll see what happens. So what are your thoughts? The, I mean, I'm kind of in the same category with you and I know we just, we've, we've talked about it before, but like, man, I don't want to see the Falcons take a quarterback. Like, you have Matt Ryan. He's not – I mean, he's older, but he's not that old. And you got a pretty good offense. You know what I mean? You have weapons there. You just got to have your defense stay healthy. And when you're at four, there's not really an edge rusher that screams top five pick this year in the class. You're not going to take a corner or safety that high, which they've on corner, I think, what, last two drafts in the first round? Um 
or at least uh, secondary members pretty went, yeah, high. Last year, last year they did. They went to rail at 16. I actually don't remember uh-huh. what they did two years ago, though. Was that the offensive lineman? Yeah, that was the that was the year they went double offensive lineman. You're right. Okay. Yep. So it's just it's situations like that where you look at it and it's like, well, you need a safety, you need another corner. It's too high to reach for it at four. And it just it leaves an option of like you're in a good spot to trade back and just keep adding picks so you can keep adding players to your team. Because in another situation, I mean, if we got to kind of look at it this way, the NFC South is wide open. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <clears throat> so hold, hold on a second. I know I said wide open. It's open aside from the Buccaneers. Like second place in the NFC South probably gets you in the playoffs. Can't or uh, the New Orleans Saints. We'll see the Jameis Winston project. We'll see how that goes. That could go very well for them. It could. What do they have at receiver outside of Michael Thomas, though? Right. And then the Carolina Panthers, young defense, a fun defense. They got weapons or good ones. What are you doing at quarterback? You know what I mean? You're at seven. Are you about to trade up? You, you can't trade with Atlanta. It'll be weird to see that happen if you see them go from seven to four and trade within division. I just don't think that's possible. Have we ever seen that happen in a draft? I mean, maybe not that high. Like obviously, we've seen division teams trade with each other in the draft, but probably but you're not, not you're not going to trade with a team in your division to get their franchise quarterback. Exactly. You're not you're not going to help them do that. So that's out of the picture. So my only answer for Atlanta is to trade back and then add players to your team that, you know, can help make an impact in round one and for the future years. And then you can have a team built and still competing when you're ready to move on from Matt Ryan, because I hate it when teams are like, we're taking a quarterback, but we got nothing else. And we'll just build around him as he continues to get better and develop. Sorry, Sam Donald. It just doesn't work out for you sometimes. I think Baker Mayfield got lucky got lucky with Cleveland in that situation. But like Sam Donald's screwed. And I mean, he's still gonna be traded. So whoever whatever team has, you know, answer questions at quarterback, you look at the Denver Broncos, you look at the Carolina Panthers, could they be in consideration to trade with the Jets for Sam Donald? That's another question, you know, for probably another time that we can get into next episode. But there's just there's so many question marks on what the Falcons could do at four. My thought process and my opinion, trade back. Yeah, I agree there. I agree. Um, and that is, I mean, the Darnold thing is going to be fascinating during the draft. Like once the top five, four or five quarterbacks go, right? Like you get the main, you get the main three and then you have, I mean, I don't, you can't even say that anymore. It's like the main five at this point. It really is. Yeah. Like you got, you got Lawrence, who's obviously number one. Like Urban Meyer basically said on a podcast the other day that they're going that route. Um, and then you have what everybody assumes is going to be Zach Wilson at two. But then you have the Niners. Is it is it Fields? Is it Trey Lance? Is it Mac Jones? Right, like all of them are in discussion. So like once those five go, there is going to be quarter or there are going to be teams that miss out on those five, mm-hmm. right? And then that is when it is going to get hot and heavy with the Sam Darnold talk. Like it is going to be crazy. The moment that number two pick happens and it's a quarterback, so many people are going to be calling the jets offering picks. And by the end of the night would not be surprised if it's somebody late. I mean, I'm just trying to think of like the draft order. Like, is there somebody late that can, that'll want to trade their first round pick for him? I know you're going to say the Steelers, but I think that I don't think that that's going to be the case. 
Um, yeah. I mean, other than I would that, like it to be. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Honestly, it's probably going to be somebody in the early second round that will probably just offer their day two pick for him. And then the Jets are going to have two picks in what the top 10 of day two, basically. So it's going to be exciting. Um, Fun times. Um, The other big news that's happening, 17 game season starting this year. Just another Mm -hmm. week of football for everybody to watch, gamble on, all of that. weekend wild card weekend is going to be awesome because now there's going to be a monday night game which is going to be super exciting uh teams are going to be so pissed if they have the monday night game for playoffs they're gonna be so mad at one less day going into the next the divisional round um and then you know everything gets pushed back a little bit right and so no extra buys so a lot of players are upset which i can get like you signed all these contracts for a 16 game season so i get that um I also, I mean, there's also the question of, are they going to get a check for that extra week? Like, I mean, that is in question, you know, are they going to get a check? That's the same amount that they were getting the rest of the year. Do they, do their check amounts get lower because there's more weeks because these guys in the NFL, they only get paid during the season. Some people don't know that. If you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, you do because I expressed it as much as I possibly can. They only get paid during the regular season unless they somehow structure it to where like, yeah, you can get paid in the playoffs. Everyone gets paid the same amount in the playoffs. Everyone gets the same amount if you win the Super Bowl, if you make the Super Bowl, whatever it is. So it's just it's another question that's with it. It's exciting. As a fan, I'm pumped after 17-game seasons, but then at the same time, it's like I take a step back, you know, and like put my mind in like the player's aspect. It's like, dude, that's another game of getting my ass whipped like getting beat, like my body's taking hits, giving hits. It's just pain. Another week, this is like that shortens careers. I mean, an extra week, it possibly could, you know, or records. I mean, we're going to see every record get broken, it feels like, so much quicker. Like the rushing record, we can guarantee that's getting broken. Uh, passing touchdowns, that could possibly be broken. Passing yards, I mean, everything like that. Just think of it, Pff, broken. Yeah, would I be mean, interesting. Gonna, it is going to be the, all those were going to get broken anyways. Maybe not rushing, but all the passing ones just because of the style of play nowadays. Yeah, but but to your point, you know, like I see it both ways. I actually, like, I honestly can see it from the players. Man, God, that sucks. I see it from the owner standpoint. It's like, yeah, I played you. Like, I made I made you guys think you guys were getting this great CBA deal. You know, like when I knew. I they all knew the billions of dollars in TV deals that were coming down the pipeline. Oh, they probably yeah. get hush hush. You know, like they're just like, let's just not bring this up. Let's think that let's make them think that they're winning this deal, but really they're not. And like they're, you know, they're probably like, there's gonna be 17 games and we're gonna fight to say that no, your contract is what your contract is. So um now you gotta just divvy it out for an extra game, however you want to do that. So yeah. um, you know, business at you know, it's the business aspect of it. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, but it, it definitely is. Uh, what do you want to get into next? You want to get into some pro days or do you want to get into the pro days as we get through the mock draft? Yeah, let's, let's do the pro days as we're doing the mock draft. I think that makes okay, sense. Okay, perfect. So, so let's just go ahead and j- jump into that bad boy. Pick number one. He's wearing the hat. You guys can't see him, but he's rocking it. He's repping it. Jacksonville. Duval. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Interdraft noise. 
Yeah. Um, that was I not mean, it, but that's not it, but that's just the SPN. Um, but Hey, let's, you know, it is what it is. It's Trevor Lawrence. Super exciting. It's, it's very funny how I, just because I know this is the pick, like I'm almost not as excited for the draft, like early on, <laughs> just because I'm like, I already know who they're going to get. Like when you're not the number one overall pick, it's like, okay, well, what if they don't take this person? Then this might happen or this might happen. Like, I'm like, I know. And then I have to wait all the way to 25 for. Um, Imagine if you were in a situation of like, do they take quarterback or do they take a left tackle? Yeah. Or if there were just, let's say like rumors come out like, hey, they're interested in Zach Wilson. Like they're intrigued. I would lose my shit. Like I really would. Like I would be so upset. Um, would you? Yeah, I would. Okay. Fields is number two for me. Fields so, is? Fields is number two, and he has been forever. Like That has never changed for me. It has always been one Lawrence, two Fields. Because even when they were behind the Jets, I was like, all right, well, Fields is my guy, I guess. Like, that's who it's going to be. No way the Jets are winning a game because they just purposely lose to the Raiders. Like, they're not, lo- they're not winning, and then they go and win two of the next three. So, I mean, it is what it is. But – so here's the thing. Like, it's so interesting like the way that like I think about these and I, I think everybody thinks about this is like, okay, Lawrence, probably the safest, like upside is amazing there. Like the, the floor is like for sure the, the highest, I guess. Um, and then you have those next three of Wilson fields and Lance and like, to me, I think like Lance actually may have the highest upside out of all of those guys, like because of his ability to run and like the strength of arm and everything. But also like Wilson has this crazy upside, but his floor is so, so low. His floor is like, can be so low. Mm-hmm. And then I think Fields is like, you kind of, in my opinion, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get an athletic big strong guy it's going to stand in the pocket he's going to make the tough throws there are going to be certain throws you're just like dude how do you how did you miss that it's just (laughs) going to happen but then he's also going to make amazing throws like he did during the clemson ohio state game you're like man maybe he should be the number one overall pick like yeah you know so it's so weird like the the lance and wilson thing of like how high they can be and how low is just crazy and I mean that's why I like Trey Lance so much. I mean, he limited games. I think he only played 17 in college, 17 games on tape. Um, you know, they had a deep run in the playoffs, they won the national championship. But there's just something about Trey Lance where it's like, man, this dude just he's what you want. He just went to a small school, right? And like the level of competition. I just if you got a quarterback that can run, that can throw and is a quick processor, you love it. I mean, the same things you could say about Justin Fields, but for some reason, I just have more confidence in Trey Lance than Justin Fields. I don't know exactly why. It's just that gut feeling. Yeah. Um, I was telling one of my buddies this the other day that Trey Lance may have the most exciting highlight film out of any of the mm-hmm. quarterbacks, including Trevor Lawrence. Like his, yeah. like it is, it is electrifying what he can do on the field. So I'm with you there. Um, very excited. Um, before we move on to pick two, um, me, you and Riley actually started texting. Was it this weekend or when was it? I don't remember, mm-hmm. but like, we were just talking about like, Hey, like where do these guys fall? If you had 
like last year's quarterbacks in here. Um, and it was very interesting to like kind of hear like what we thought, cause we'd never really talked about it. Um, of like where would Herbert example, I think was the main question. Like where would Herbert fall in this draft class? Um, yeah. If he was in it and mainly because you and I were on Herbert last year, like we were, we were Herbert yep. guys. Like I was, I, and I can't remember if you were either, but like, I know I specifically was Herbert over Tua, um, and I was just, and I think you and I just agreed on the text. Like Herbert still is probably quarterback three or four, maybe probably four in this, in this draft class. Yeah. I mean, if, because like coming into the class, not like if we see the production, we saw what he was in the NFL and how well he played. Yeah. Honestly, quarterback number one, like that is what you want. Like you want a guy like Justin Herbert is going to come in. He just, he's himself the whole time. You know, he's on hard knocks. He's the guy. He's silent. He's learning. He shows up early. One of the last guys to leave. He's involved. His teammates are raving about him, how well he can throw the ball. Like, that man, that dude can spin it. You know, 10, 10 can throw. I've never seen it. I've never seen a quarterback throw a ball this well before. That's what you want your teammates to say about a guy like Justin Herbert. Now, if you, we don't know his production and he's coming in, then, yeah, he's ranked here right in the middle. I mean, he's probably right there in that Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones zone where it's like, hey, this guy could be good, you know. But like, you look at Justin Fields and, and Justin Herbert, and I hear Matt talk about this, and this is kind of the comparison he uses when he describes this, and it was in the conversation. It's we looked at Justin Herbert, and we overlooked what he could do because he wasn't asked to do it in college. So it was like, hey, he doesn't do this. Like, he's, he's not making these type of throws. He's not making these type of reads, Right. Is that the same thing with Justin Fields, where it's like everyone goes, ah, he, you know, he's got, he gets one read and he throws it. Oh, that read's open. Like, how how can we put that? How can we make that a knock where it's like you look at Justin Fields, it's like, hey, this is the read. If it's not there, run, motherfucker. If the read's there and he's open, throw it, and he does. You know what I mean? And there's other times where you look at tape for Justin Fields and he does go through his progressions and it is, you know, the field split in half for him and he is bam, bam, bam. There's a throw. And then he makes the decision and he puts the ball there and it's caught. And, you know, I know we said we were going to talk about pro days here. Justin Fields had a fucking impressive pro day. Sorry for the F bombs, but damn an unofficial or official, whatever it was. He ran a four, 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 a little Wendy's four for four action. That's a cool. That's like a 220, 30 pound quarterback running the speed of a wide receiver. That is insane. And then you see him throw the ball and it's just bomb after bomb after bomb. And we're just like, damn. You look at Zach Wilson, similar situation. Throwing opposite hash marks across the field, hitting those sideline throws, throwing across his body, you know, different arm angles, stepping up into the pocket, getting the ball out quick, you know, short, like starting your feet and zipping the ball out. It's impressive stuff from Zach Wilson. But again, back to the whole conversation here with where would Justin Herbert rank in this class? If he was coming in, it would probably be in that Justin Fields, Trey Lance spot because it would go, hey, he's a four-year starter or he's been starting for several years. It's going well. What? How, how does that transition to the NFL? And my one knock on Justin Herbert was, it's like he just takes too long to make a decision, and his you know throwing motion is a little long. It wasn't when he got to the NFL. He was like, "Fuck it, 
I got a receiver 50 50 ball. It's kind of easy to do that when you got receivers that are six, four and up, but still the dude just is impressive. I've been ranting here, but yeah, I picked two. Let's just get into that. Right. Okay. So all that situation jets are up pick two. Jaguars go Trevor Lawrence. Duh. I'm taking Zach Wilson. Do I think it's a smart decision for the jets? No. Would I much rather them trade back and accumulate more draft picks and draft capital to add to the team because there's so many holes and you give Sam Darnold at least another year to not necessarily show if he's the guy, but just a little bit more structure and with more talent on the team. How does he look? And if you suck, guess what? You're back up here again. And there's going to be another quarterback who's a one-year wonder that you were looking at in the top five going, this could be a franchise guy. I just look at Zach Wilson as a one-year wonder. He faced a lot of adversity, which is great. He overcame that. He showed that he could be the guy, that he can be you know, the leader of the team. But at the same time, you're coming from Utah to New York, and you're going to walk into a locker room of grown men who have lived in New York and have dealt with the business, and you've spent your entire life in the town of wherever BYU is in Utah. Like, it's maybe a weird thing for you to hear, Trees, but like it's a serious concern. Like, how can a kid from Utah move to the big lights in the big city, the big apple, New York, and lead a team and be the face of a franchise? Pick two. We're a guy who we weren't even talking about last year at this point at all. I hadn't even heard his name. Yeah, I mean, fair. I mean, I see I see your point. You I mean, you can say that about a lot of towns, I guess, and a lot of states. Um so I get that standpoint of it. I mean, there are thousands of people that leave Utah and then start multi-million or billion dollar companies. It's the same thing, you know, like, so, um, but to your point for me, Zach Wilson, the problem is, is he improved so much last year, which you'd love to see. You have to see it, but I keep going back to the times I've seen him live against Utah and he did not look good. And that was a Pac-12 team with actual NFL talent on that field. And he didn't do that. Again, he improved. Yeah. Yeah. He improved a lot. So I want to like say, okay, let's put that into effect. But there is that, there is that worry, which brings back to the original point of like, hey, I'm a little worried about that boomer bust from him. So, anyways, but I still like the pick. I think that's going to be the pick. Um for the Niners, they traded up, obviously taking a quarterback. I'm going with my quarterback too, Justin Fields. I think he is a great fit for the Shanahan offense. I think that he is going to make all the throws that he needs to. Um, and Shanahan will use his mobility to make things happen on the field for him. So he's not going to make him like a running quarterback. I mean, Shanahan didn't like Robert Griffin the third kind of because of that. Right. So I don't, I still think he wants to be a pocket passer, but he will use his athleticism to his advantage. So Justin Fields at number three. Um, number four. Sorry, Holy you have a- shit. Hold up a second. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan has had mobile quarterbacks before. They just didn't pan out because they wanted to run. Like RG3, he much he would much rather run, you know, and take hits and make things happen with his legs than make the throws. And maybe that was just his own weakness and the arm and everything like that. And then like uh, Johnny Football, Johnny Menzel just didn't pay attention, like didn't want to learn. But those are guys, Kyle Shanahan, like those were, you know, in his system and kind of what he was doing. It just didn't pan out. Yeah. 
maybe damn it i never like this is just now processing in my mind because we always hear like matt Schaub, matt ryan right like ah these guys that you know can think just like him and you know understand what he wants to do and how he wants things to work that's his guy justin fields makes it more it makes sense but i if i was a 49ers fan i would much rather have trey lance that's my opinion that's fair that is fair. Um, all right, number four. You were supposed to be on the clock with the Atlanta Falcons. I offered you an, a trade that you could not refuse. No, so sir. Washington football team offers pick 19, pick 51, 2022 first rounder, and 2022 second rounder. So basically Washington's first and second rounders for the next two years to move up 14 spots. So quite a bit. So they don't give as much up as the 49ers do, but – Falcons, as we talked about earlier, do they get an offer they can't refuse for a quarterback that needy team? They do. So Washington trades up and they're thinking just like how you were for the 49ers and they go up and they get trade Lance. So Washington football team now all of a sudden with some weapons on offense, they have Gibson. They just signed uh, Curtis Samuel. They have mm-hmm. scary Terry. Like they have these weapons. Do they have their quarterback and not Ryan Fitzpatrick is the long-term answer. Yes. They end up trading up and getting trade Lance. So big trade up from 19 to four. So um, there we go. Washington football team. I love it. Uh, and shit, you're up again. Go ahead. I'll be I fine. am up because it's my turn. So Bengals, um, obviously a lot of people have been putting left tackle here, but they did sign Riley reef. And is that enough for them to say we're good at left tackle? Um, it sure sounds like it. A lot of rumors going around that Joe Burrow saying, Hey, I want my guy from LSU and make it happen. And they end up doing that. So Jamar chase wide receiver, wide receiver one ends up running what a four, three, eight the other day during mm-hmm. his pro day. Yep. Insane. This dude is going to be so good. Six foot. A lot of people are thinking he was going to come under six foot. He did get measured at six feet exactly. So Jamar Chase coming in, going to be with T Higgins on the opposite side and Tyler Boyd Boyd in the slot. Dangerous trio right there. It, it very much is. And a lot of other people are saying Kyle Pitts, you know, is a possible landing spot here that would be just as dangerous. But Jamar Chase, whoo, Joe Burrow's asking for it. And what your, what your franchise quarterback wants, boy, he shall receive. Uh, next up, the Dolphins pick six. I have them taking the guy that everyone thought they were going to get with pick three. All right. The Dolphins, they traded from pick three to 12 uh, with the 49ers said, and we don't want to be here. Let's trade with the Eagles. You get back into the top 10. You get here at pick six and you take the guy that everyone wanted you to have the guy that you wanted all along Devontae Smith. You get your, your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, you get his teammate, someone he's comfortable with, someone he's used to throwing the ball to, and bam, you're rolling with Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. Love it. Great pick there. Uh, Lions are on the clock at pick seven, and we got a team that was probably looking to take one of those top two wide receivers. Do they end up going with Jalen Waddle? Um, they end up thinking about it. Kyle Pitts, team him up with Hawkinson. Now, one to what we're going to do a hard nosed football team. Let's get the best linebacker, and they're going to end up taking Micah Parsons out of Penn State. They're biting kneecaps, baby. They're, they're biting all of them off. Uh, next up, the, the, the Carolina Panthers. Hey, they want a quarterback. Joe Brady wants a guy uh, that's not Teddy Bridgewater. All right, let's just say that nicely. He had Joe Burrow at LSU. 
He saw how well you, you know, he was able to change his career and make him good. How about you get a quarterback in that, you know, we know can is accurate, can throw the ball downfield with anticipation, can read defenses, is smart, is fun. His team loves him. I'm not saying that that's not the case with Teddy Bridgewater, but you want a guy who's better in a team that you can build on moving forward. That's your guy, Mac Jones from Alabama. I'm just taking uh, all the Alabama guys here um, with these first couple picks, and I'm not done yet with the Alabama guys. But right here, Mac Jones, Panthers get the quarterback of the future at pick eight. Love it. All right. Broncos are on the clock. I was kind of expecting you to try to trade up here. You end up not. The clock's running out. So Broncos are on the clock, and they go, you want to know what? We did just sign Garrett Bowles, our left tackle, to a big contract. We have Juwan James opposite right tackle who ended up opting out last year. So he hasn't really played much since he did sign with the Broncos. But you want to know what? We have a generational type talent at left tackle on the clock here that somehow has fallen all the way to nine. Let's let's take him and let's just figure out our offensive line. The, you can never have too many good offensive linemen. Are we going to have to move someone like Juwan James inside um, and put Sewell on the right side? Are we going to just tell Bulls like even after the contract, like something's going to happen? I don't know, but we'll figure it out during training camp. And Penny Sewell, left tackle out of Oregon, is going to the, be the pick for the Denver Brokers. I was surprised to see this be the pick. Um, but it's kind of the situation they're in. Michael Parsons has already been taken. They're not reaching for a quarterback here. All the guys have been like, they've been drafted as well. It, it was worst case scenario for the Broncos here. Yeah. I right? mean, it, it really is Penny Sewell though. I mean, man, that's a dangerous offensive line. I mean, you could just plug, you could just put him in a left tackle and take your other guy and be like, yeah, you're a guard now. Like you're going to be a high paid guard and we're going to be sealed here. Literally, then they got Dalton. They had Dalton Reiser at left guard. Yeah, uh, like you can't move Garrett Bowles. Like he literally just signed a four-year, seventy million dollars contract. Do you I think move him to the right side, and then you move James inside? That's what I would do, and then move James to right guard. And then they then took have... Cushionberry from LSU last year in the draft. Exactly. Oh, man, that is a nasty offensive line. Exactly. My thought. Ooh, exactly. buddy. Well, you're welcome, Broncos. Just hope you're. I mean, that's going to help the quarterback. That's going to help Drew Locke. He struggled against the rush. He struggled against with when he was blitzed. It's not an excuse no more. If this is how it pans out, next up, the Dallas Cowboys at ten. I have them taking a corner, Patrick Sertain, out of Alabama. Hey, this is an immediate fix to that awful secondary for the Dallas Cowboys. Whoever they took last year, the name always slips my mind. Uh, Diggs, Trevon Diggs. That's who they took. Excuse me. Uh, you added him last year. That's good. Now you add per- Patrick Sertain on the other side. Bam, your corners are, you got to love it. You got to fucking love that that's your secondary right here at pick 10. A lot of people think they should have gone offensive line. Maybe they should have, but hey, you need to help that defense because your offense is loaded with weapons. You're fine at left tackle. He is getting older. Address it later in the draft because there is a deep offensive tackle class this year. Get your defense fixed up to match your offense. So you're you're not looking at Dak Prescott to be like, hey, third quarter, man, we're down 30. Can you make it happen again? Dak's going to be like, yup. Help out your defense. There it is. Love it. Uh, I love Sertain. Like he is, he is going to be a stud. Um, Giants are on the clock now at pick 10 and, or sorry, 11 at pick 11. And so Giants, 
Thought about taking another weapon like a Kyle Pitts, but you want to know what? I think that the Giants have made so many big splashes here that it's like, okay, in the draft, let's get like, let's get inside, you know, let's start from the inside out and they're going to end up taking a lineman and they're going to take Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern offensive tackle. And you're going to say, one to what, let's open up more holes for your running back for uh, Saquon Barkley. Let's open up even running lanes for your quarterback and Daniel Jones, or just protecting him as he's passing the ball to your new high priced wide receiver in Galladay. So going to take a lot of linemen here. Yeah, and I, I like this pick for the Giants. You just sure up the offensive line. You know, remove question marks on that being an issue and protect Daniel Jones and let him throw the ball down the field. That's an awesome pick. Uh, the Eagles, I'm not even up. I'm shutting up. <laughs> yeah, so the Eagles are supposed to be up at 12. I end up offering multiple trades here. So I have the Jaguars offering pick 25 and 33. And then I also have the Jets offering pick 23 and 34. You end up taking the Jets offer. I'm assuming just because it's one pick earlier um, when it's all said and done, I assume. I mean, they're pretty even trades, you know, you, 25 in the first pick of second round or 23 in the second pick of the second round. So, well, I, I, mean, I look at it like this, the, the Eagles, you know, you, you already had a top 10 pick. You traded back to get to 12. You're trading back again. Like you don't want to just keep tra- like, yeah, you're accumulating picks. That's awesome. There's some holes there that need to be fixed, but we don't want to keep trading all the way back. And yeah, we get a pick at 23 and then a pick at 34. Like, yeah, we just meet in the middle there. We'll take the earlier pick. We don't want to wait another two and miss a guy that, you know, we're kind of hoping for. So that was kind of my mindset with it. You switch with the Jets. They need help as well. They're offering you 23 and 34. I honestly probably should have asked for more from the Jets, knowing how many picks they have. You should have. But for sure. In real life, more picks are asked for this exchange with the Eagles because they yeah. need it. And, I mean, they'll probably take another quarterback in the second round because that's just what Howie Roseman likes to do. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, okay, so um, Jets trade up from 23 to 12, giving up their first and second round picks. And they are the ones that say, one to what? This Kyle Pitts freak is uh, falling way too far, and I'm going to take him. So, one to what, Zach Wilson? Enjoy this rookie tight end. So they now have Corey Davis, they have Menzel Mims, and they have Kyle Pitts Pitts now. Like that is three very, very good pass catchers. Um, Now they got to just figure out the running back position, but they'll do that in the middle rounds. So um, good for the Jets. Just making that offense as friendly as possible for a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you get – literally a steal right here in the top 15 who a guy who falls doubt this part happens we never know though we literally never know uh again i'm not up so i'm gonna zip it yeah it's these trades make it so i go multiple times in a row uh chargers are on the clock and we finally have a pass rusher coming off the board jalen phillips out of miami who's had a great great pro day as well um just a freak here they're most likely going to lose Melvin Ingram to free agency. So you got to get somebody opposite of Joey Bosa. So you want to know what, let's go ahead and take Jalen Phillips here. Let's get a freak there. Keep this defense, just keep it going. And want to know what you, you have your offense set. Let's just make sure the defense is able to get after quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes.
And we got a pause here. And we're back. I did it on purpose. I just want to see what you'd do. <laughs> just joshing with you folks. Uh, next up, I'm back up again. Here we go. The Minnesota Vikings. All right. There's. I don't know what direction you could have gone here. I'm sure there's plenty. I'm just looking at this. J.C. Horn, a guy who had a freakish pro day, uh, ran a 4-3. I mean, I feel like everyone's running a 4-3 at these pro days right now. But a guy like J.C. Horn, whose draft stock is rising, uh, you get him here at 14 a lot of people you know you kind of look at mock drafts he's floating anywhere from that you know 10 to 14 i mean right here in this range so we get him here at the bottom the vikings get a corner yes they added patrick peterson this is an amazing thing amazing opportunity for jc horn if he lands with the vikings a corner out of south carolina because hey you get to learn from a freaking goat at corner and patrick peterson and it might be a pp 2.0 to be honest with you like that would be nuts if that's how this turns out. And that's kind of what I like to think for JC Horn and the Vikings, plenty of receivers, you know, they're going to have to cover in that division, not necessarily with the Lions, but everyone else is getting better at the receiver position. A little hint here at the future of the, you know, this mock draft, but I like the Vikings taking JC Horn at 14. Yeah, I do as well. And it's actually a little shocking that we don't see an ed- the top edge or corner until picks 13 and 14, which doesn't happen very often. All right, Patriots are on the board. Patriots are like, ah, damn it. Top five quarterbacks off the board. What are we going to do here? They just spent a ton of money on Nelson Aguilar. Crazy amounts. Honestly, quite a bit on Kendrick Bourne as well. Uh, Rumors are they're trying to trade Nikhil Harry. Um, So you want to know what? Let's just get another weapon here. And they're going to take Jalen Waddell saying, hey, this might even be the best wide receiver in this class when it's all said and done. Um, Personally, I don't think he's going to be, but like he has, he does have that skill set. I will say that. So, wonder what add Jalen Waddle here, get some more speed. Like a Nelson Aguilar and Jalen Waddle, that is a lot of speed from your wide receivers there. So, um, just try to get whoever that quarterback is going to be in the future. Obviously, this year it might end up just being Cam Newton again, but in the future, you are going to have your number one wide receiver. Yeah, you got to love this pick if you're a Patriots fan. That is for sure. Next up, the Arizona Cardinals. I already talked about Patrick Peterson going to the Vikings. They lost a corner, a guy who is falling because of the back injury and the surgery that he's having, um, or procedure, I should say. Uh, DB out of Virginia Tech, ranked as one of the top corners in the draft. You get him right here, all right? You get him in the middle of the draft. You have to. absolutely have to love this pick as an Arizona Cardinals fan because you've done so much to this defense. You lose Patrick Peterson. You might be upset with that. You instantly replace him with Caleb Farley. And that defense is right back to where it was. It's getting better. It's getting younger aside from the addition of JJ Watt. And you've also added to that offense. So good time to be a Cardinals fan. That's for sure. Yeah. And obviously this you face a lot of great quarterbacks in this division. You need as many DBs as possible. So they also had Malcolm Butler last week as well, which is just another good DB there. Um, and you have a former second rounder in Byron Murphy there. Um, Robert Alford, they joined as well. Like they're, they're making sure that they're ready for these quarterbacks. Yep. So I really like this pick. Um, Raiders are on the clock now and they traded away all their offensive linemen. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. So wonder what, let's take one. Uh, Christian Daris, um, out of Virginia tech, this dude just moves bodies, big body dude. That is just mean and aggressive. So, um, really like this for, um, Josh, Josh Jacobs, which also a very interesting pickup was Kenyon Drake into mm-hmm. this offense. 
low-key as a fantasy player, hate it. Don't like it very much. Um, Josh Jacobs will not be on any of my fantasy teams this year. You know, I didn't even think of it that way, but that is a very good point because they're going to use Kenyon Drake in like for sure passing down situations and be like, yeah, yeah. okay. I, I'll be shocked. Thanks for that little tidbit. I will be shocked if Josh, Josh Jacobs has more than 20 catches next year. More than 20? Damn. Okay. I, th- I think he only well, had like 18 his rookie year. <laughs> so, and then he had, I fair. think he had like 40 or 50 last year, but still. Mr. Freaking Stats. Jesus, you just rolling right off the tongue. Uh, next up, the Miami Dolphins at pick 18. Hey, we've helped our offense. We got Devontae Smith. You got to love it. But let's just keep that air. Uh, let's just keep that Alabama backfield. We have a quarterback. We have the receiver. Fuck it. Let's add the running back to Najee Harris going to the Miami Dolphins immediately fixes your running back questions. This offense is ready to rock and roll. You added to your offensive line last year. You got big young talent there. Your defense is ready to rock and roll. Look out bills because you know, you thought you won the AFC East. You thought you were set. Here come the dolphins. Coming in hot. I don't know what that was. I apologize. Next up, Washington. They had traded up earlier with Atlanta. So this pick is now Atlanta at pick 19. Fuck it. Kadarius Tony. All right. We're just going to get crazy. We're going to get nuts with it. It's what we're going to do. Okay. Julio, Calvin Ridley, and we're getting speed in Kadarius Tony. Good luck, everybody else. Good luck, everybody else. Should I have gone defense here? Absolutely. Did I mess that up? 100%. But Kadarius Tony, for some reason, I was still thinking Washington. I don't know why. That's fine. I, I was upset because I was actually looking to trade up with the Jags with my next pick here with the Bears that are clocked because I was like, it's Atlanta. They're not going to take a wide receiver because I wanted Tony on the Jags. So I was, I was writing up some offers ready to send, and then I just saw you put that, and I was like, well, fuck that. Should have said something a little sooner. That's on you. It it really is. Sounds like a real you problem, you know? Uh, So Atlanta, look out on their offense. That's going to be freaking scary. Uh, Next up, I'm up again. Chicago Bears. Khalil Mack's getting a little older. All right. We got to find a guy opposite of him. A guy who's ready to learn, ready to rock and roll, ready to rush the quarterbacks in the NFC North. We got it right here. Quiddy Pay. Edge from michigan he stays up north staying near the lakes we're going to chicago where we're gonna have some fun there it is Kadarius tony excuse me quitty pay to chicago it, it makes too much sense that's like such a good pick now what i wish i would have done and honestly what i thought i did was switch Kadarius tony and quitty pay but it's too late it's too late to do that. It's too late to switch them because Kadarius Tony to the Bears is amazing. And Atlanta getting the edge rusher that they need in Quiddy Pay makes too much sense. I fucked it up. That's all me. It's too late. I'm telling you guys and right now, switch those, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And then also, you would then trade the Anthony Miller that's been rumored to get traded. If you if the Bears end up taking Tony, then yeah, then you then you can trade Anthony Miller. So makes sense. Okay, cool. Uh, Colts on the clock at twenty one. Uh, they need an offensive tackle desperately. They really do. And uh, Taven Jenkins out of Oklahoma State, he is the pick here. Let's get 
Let's get a guy to protect your new shiny quarterback and all these awesome weapons that you do have still with uh, T.Y. Hilton coming back. And No, I'm just thinking. I mean, the culture's getting better. Like, I don't know why I huffed and puffed like that. There's no reason for me to do that, so I apologize. I've been doing a lot of apologizing this episode. I, I like the future for the Colts. I, I like the Colts, and I I don't like how much I like the Colts right now with this pick because, I mean, that just they're ready to go, and I think Carson Wentz is going to do really good. Some people don't. Trace, I don't know where you're – I don't know if we've – I mean, we've talked about it, but, like, what do you think your Colts with Carson Wentz? Boom, here's your left tackle. Your receivers are set. What are your thoughts with the Colts? Yeah, the Colts are winning the AFC South. They're probably going to be, um, I don't know, probably the two or three seed heading into the playoffs. Probably three seed, I'd say. It's probably my guess. Um, I mean, the nice thing with this is I, why I think Carson Wentz is going to be successful is because they're going to rely on the run. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to make things easy for him. Like the play action is going to be a huge thing. Um, I think Michael Pitts has a Pittman has a great year. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that he's going to have a fine year. I think that he probably ends up around that, you know, maybe 3,800, 4,000 yards, but he's going to end up with, you know, 32 touchdown passes and probably 14, 15 picks. Like, so it's not Flip a it, Riley, not a great, not, that's not like an amazing year, right? Like, but it's going to be like, it's enough to win ball games and it's, when it's all said and done, you're going to make, yeah, Carson Wentz was good. A good upgrade. Yeah. And Colts won that trade, and the Eagles are like, ah, oh, man, what do we do wrong? Uh, next up, the Tennessee Titans here. We're sticking with the AFC South pick number 22. They just said goodbye to their secondary. Like, I don't know. They said goodbye to Kenny Vaccaro. They said goodbye to uh, Mr. Hooker. Uh, no, excuse me, not Hooker. Who am I thinking? Adore Jackson. Adore there Jackson. it is. Awesome. Way to think process. Way to just think through that. Good job for you. Uh, I have them replacing Mr. Vaccaro, though, right here with Trevon Moreg, the safety out of TCU. Uh, that's an immediate fix. I think that just helps out the Titans and they can keep building uh, the rest of their defense and needs that they have. Uh, through the draft because they have several other ones. What are they going to do at right tackle? What are they doing at edge? Where are, they, where are the receivers at? They lose Corey Davis. You just run with A.J. Brown. What are you doing at tight end? You know, How's your linebacking crew looking in Tennessee? What's the rest of your secondary like? I mean, that's it for the Titans. Like They have some holes that are there. It's going to be hard to think that you know they're competing in the top of the AFC again next year with the losses that they have. Some people might be listening and be like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. Titans are going to be just fine. Who's a running back? That's right. It's the king, Derrick Henry. It is what it is. But, again, Trevon Moreg, safety at a TCU, is the addition for the Titans. I was wondering why Treese wasn't talking. It's because I'm up again here with the next two picks. Uh, the Jets-Eagles trade that we had earlier, that means the Eagles are on the pick here at pick 23. They are going to be taking that safety linebacker, Jeremiah Awusu Koamara. I practiced that name, and I feel like I just nailed it. Uh, they are getting him, the safety linebacker out of Notre Dame, a nice dude of freaking nature. This helps out the Eagles immediately. He was actually in an interview, I believe, yesterday or the day before, um, and they asked him, you know, about people playing in Philadelphia, and he's like, Philadelphia's not for everybody. You know, you, you got to have tough skin. You got to have a certain mindset. You got to be a leader. You got to be ready to deal with the tenacity and the toughness of a city like Philadelphia. I think that this guy can, and they're going to love him because 
This is the Isaiah Simmons of this year's draft right here. This dude is awesome. And this is a great pick for the Eagles who have traded back twice now. Yeah. Great pick. Um, honestly, I'm super bummed about this pick because after Tony went off the board, I'm like, okay, this is my next on my <laughs> wish list for the Jags. So uh, Jags by sitting still, they've now missed out on two guys. Um, so um, Urban Meyer, be more aggressive, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What the hell, dude? Uh, next up, the Eagle, excuse me, the Steelers are up here at pick 24. Uh, their center just retired. All right. Longtime center. He is gone you got to find an immediate replacement, and that guy is going to be Landon Dickerson, the center out of Alabama, is a guy who dealt with a torn ACL um, in a playoff game, I believe, or the SEC championship game, uh, goes down with a torn ACL knee injury. You see him in the pro day at Alabama. He's army crawling behind Mac Jones. He's doing cartwheels behind Mac Jones. Mac Jones goes, I guess the knee's fine. I just watched him back squat 400 pounds the other day. He looks to be doing good. He's got perfect form. Cartwheels, it's nuts. I've never seen a guy that big. I've never really seen a dude do cartwheels, let alone a center and offensive lineman from the University of Alabama. But dude's crushing it. The Steelers, they fill a need, an immediate one at center. You're ready to rock and roll. Landon Dickerson is the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers at that center position. Steelers just keeping that offensive line intact and ready to go. So I, I really like that pick. All right, 25. Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock, and we have a trade offer. And it is – go ahead. Doot, doot, doot. Still the wrong noise. The Packers are offering pick 29, the second rounder pick 92, and a th- or excuse me, third rounder ni- pick 92, and then a third rounder next year in 2022. So three total picks to move up uh, from pick 29 to pick 25. Uh, and here they are to trade up with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and I'll, I'm obviously accepting that deal. I mean, it's not the flashy pick where you're like, oh, man, you're not even getting a first or second rounder. It's four picks in the late t- 20s. One to what? Two third rounders is good enough for me. Let's keep getting those draft picks. Um, so now the Packers are on. They heard everybody for the last year and a half basically shit on them about how bad they are <laughs> drafting in the first round, not getting weapons for their quarterback. One to what? They finally get one opposite of – Adams, um, and they're going to take Rashad Bateman, uh, Minnesota wide receiver. This dude is a freak. Like this dude is very underrated because he didn't play this year. And you want to know what? I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be very excited. And when they're down in games now, I think he's going to feel even that much more confident that he is going to be able to make plays with yet another good weapon here. So there we go. You, you got to love it if you're a Packers fan. Next up, the Cleveland Browns. There's not a lot of holes on this team that need to be filled. That's just how good they have been at buying an offensive line and drafting needs on the defensive side. But if there's one spot that they need, get some death along the offensive line. Get a guy who can rush the passer opposite of Miles Garrett. This is scary for every other team in the in the AFC North, though. I can tell you that because they are adding uh, Aziz Ojolari. I just botched that name. Uh, Ojolari, excuse me, the edge out of Georgia. That dude is a freak. I mean, if he gets added to the Browns, I'm going to be worried because that the pound and ground game that they have on offense with the running back duo in Chubb and Kareem Hunt is something else. But now you're going to have the pass rush in a rookie in Ojolari and then Miles Garrett. Look out, folks. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, Ravens, now rival of the Browns, are on the clock, and they lost a ton of 
edge rushers this, this offseason. So you want to know what? They lost, what? They lost Yannick Ngakwe. They lost Matt Judon. They lost Jaheed Ward. That's three either starters or backups that played a big role. And so they're going to add to that, and they're going to take Joseph Asai out of Texas. So another freak. You were just talking about the Georgia guy being a freak. This guy is mm-hmm. also a freak. And just getting another speed rusher there, just trying to make it so they are being aggressive against all these high-powered offenses, really, in mm-hmm. this NFC North – or, sorry, AFC North. Yeah, absolutely. And next up, the Saints at pick 28. Uh, they just lost Trey Hendrickson in free agency. You definitely need a guy – opposite of Cameron Jordan, and here it is, right? Gregory Russo, the edge out of Miami. We've got to run on edge players. It's just surprising that Russo made it or dropped this far because he's been deemed as the top edge guy in the draft. But, man, a disappointing pro day. Didn't run the way he thought. Not very long arms. The vertical wasn't very good. Just kind of questionable on what's going on there, and, and then it's – is Jalen Phillips a better edge rusher? And well, we think so because he was the first edge guy off the board, I believe, um, earlier with trees. So Gregory Russo lands here in the Saints. You have to love it. You get a good addition opposite of Cameron Jordan. Boom, you're ready to rock and roll still on that defense. Now you got to look at receiver in round two. Yes, I, I actually thought you were going to go wide receiver here, but given not as many options now that Bateman's gone as well. All right, Jags are now on the clock after the trade with the Packers, so pick 29, and the Jags get who they were going to take at 25 anyway, so they basically get exactly who they wanted plus a couple third-rounders, and that is going to be Christian Barrymore, geez, I can speak, uh, out of Alabama, defensive tackle. So this one was interesting to me uh, just because you have – they end up signing quite a bit of defensive tackles in free agency – but one actually bailed on them over the weekend, and that's Tyson Alu-Alu. Ended up saying, one, know what? I'm actually going to stay with the Steelers after agreeing to deal with the Jaguars. Um, he ended up having COVID, so he couldn't come to sign the deal. So he ends up staying at home for two weeks. And then he just started thinking about it with his family and realized, one, know what? We literally just got done building our dream home six months ago. Our kids love our school. I love it in Pittsburgh. The deal is basically the same deal. Maybe I should just stick with where I'm super comfortable at. Um, and, he, and he ends up doing that. Really no hard feelings. I get it. Like I would, mm-hmm. you know, that's something when you have extra time, like you think about these things and you realize, one, know what, maybe this is best for me. So uh, good for him for, you know, really doing it. He actually like sent like a little memo out apologizing. I'm like, dude, you don't need to apologize. Like you do <laughs> you, man. Like you do you. Yeah. Like it's totally fine. So, um, and now the Jags get the top defensive tackle in the, in the class. Everything works out for a reason. Uh, next up, the Buffalo Bills at pick 30. Um, I have the next two here, but the Buffalo Bills are going to take a corner and Greg Newsome the second at a Northwestern. You can move on from Josh Norman. I think you already did anyways. Now you get a guy opposite of uh, Mr. White. Hey, this is a heck of a duo of corners for the Buffalo Bills, especially when you're going to run into a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo, excuse me, not the Buffalo Bills, duh, not yourself. The Cleveland Browns, another one of these high-powered offenses, the Indianapolis Colts in the playoffs. Uh, make sure you have that defense ready to roll and that you've added some depth positions at corner and guys who can play right away. And Tredavious White is the name I was looking for. I do not know how I forgot his first name. I apologize, Mr. White. But here we are next up, my Kansas City Chiefs at pick 31, a disappointing performance in the Super Bowl. We all know why. That offensive line was atrocious. 
I almost talked myself into a linebacker. And I almost talked myself into a receiver. And I said, stop it. What happened in February? Sadness is what happened because your offensive line sucks. And then they released both starting tackles. I'm taking Samuel Cosme, the left tackle out of Texas. This is a kid who has a bright future. He's got quick feet. He's athletic. He's smart. He just needs to get a little stronger. Guess what? You can do that in the NFL and you can do that in Kansas City. Have some fun. The Chiefs lock in their left tackle of the future. Get a guy out of my house or my favorite university, my house, LOL. Uh, all gas, no brakes, Texas Longhorns, hook them. Here we go. Love to see it. Love it. Cool. And with the last pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, they're going to just improve offensive line. They're going to take Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, inside offensive lineman out of USC. Let's just get a, you know, improve offensive line, improve the offense and get going. Try trying to run it back, trying to repeat. So uh, let's see how that ends up. Going to be interesting to see. It and is. That for does sure. it. Dang. Yeah, that was quick. It felt like. Yeah, it really was. So anyways, there we go. We will do one more mock draft before we're before the uh, draft actually happens. We'll, we'll be releasing actually the day of the draft um, when we do that. And we'll try to, I don't know, maybe we'll do two rounds. We'll see how it goes. But, I mean, it felt good to be back. We appreciate you guys listening. And we'll have, you know, a couple more episodes before the draft. We'll start diving into a few prospects, a few more pro days and all that, and get, get everybody ready for the draft. But until then, we'll be back. And tonight we've been talking football.